From WJFF in Jeffersonville, New York, this is Radio Chatskill, and I'm your host, Barb Demarest. This week, we're going to be going here and there in the listening area, looking at new places to go and things to do. Today, we'll look at some places to eat, drink, shop, and play that have been opened over the fall and winter, and that you might want to visit this year. My special guest today will be Farm Girl, the author of a blog on what's going on in the, cha- in the Catskills. Please join me this morning on Radio Chatskill. But first, we're going to go to the news headlines from National Public Radio. Stick around. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. Some of President Trump's allies are speaking out against reported federal plans to fly hundreds of migrants weekly from the Mexico border to Florida. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis says his state cannot accommodate them. It'll tax our our resources, the schools, the health care, law enforcement, state agencies. Customs and Border Protection officials say there are no immediate plans in the works to transport families to Florida. The U.S. has lifted punishing tariffs on imports of Mexican and Canadian steel and aluminum. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is welcoming the move. Trudeau says the tariffs, 25% on steel and 10% on aluminum, were a major barrier to moving forward with the new North American free trade deal. Now that they've been lifted, the two governments can set a timeline for ratification of that deal. Washington and Ottawa will lift the tariffs and Canada's countermeasures within 48 hours and end all litigation before the WTO. Austria's vice-chancellor has resigned after a video emerged appearing to show him offering government contracts in exchange for political support. NPR's Anna Noriskiewicz has more from Berlin. A video filmed secretly on the Spanish island of Ibiza shortly before Austria's election in 2017 shows Heinz-Christian Strache speaking to a woman posing as a Russian investor. He appears to offer her lucrative contracts in exchange for assistance with his party's media campaign. The woman also offers to buy a 50% stake in Austria's Kronenzeitung to use the newspaper to support Strache's far-right party. Mr. Strache, whose party's first leader was a former SS officer, told media outlets that while he apologized for what he called drunken behavior portrayed in the film, he had been the victim of illegal entrapment. Austria's Chancellor Sebastian Kurz is under opposition pressure to hold new elections. For NPR News, I'm Anna Norskevich in Berlin. Vice President Mike Pence is set to deliver the commencement address at Taylor University in Indiana today. It's an evangelical school in his home state, but Indiana Public Broadcasting's Barb Angiano reports the vice president is still facing a backlash. Within weeks of Taylor University announcing Vice President Pence would deliver the commencement address, a Change.org petition garnered thousands of signatures. It said Pence does not reflect the university's Christian values, in part because of his support of President Trump. Taylor spokesperson Jim Geringer says Pence was invited to speak by university officials during the National Prayer Breakfast. He is open about his Christian faith, which we share. So we believe that it's going to be a a good day. It's not clear whether any students plan to protest during the vice president's address. For NPR News, I'm Barbara Guiano in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Argentina's former president, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, has announced a vice presidential bid in October elections. She says her former cabinet chief, Alberto Fernandez, will head the ticket. This is NPR News. Democrats in Congress are considering how to enforce a subpoena for President Trump's tax returns. The chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee says the documents are needed to help Congress investigate whether the IRS is properly auditing a sitting president. But Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin has refused to comply with Friday's deadline, possibly sending the matter to the courts. Mnuchin says there is no legitimate legislative purpose in turning over six years of the president's tax returns. Five-time Olympic champion swimmer Nathan Adrian is back in the water, racing for the first time since December. Greg Eklin reports from Bloomington, Indiana, that the swimmer has been battling testicular cancer. Adrian finished fourth in the 100-meter freestyle sprint, but considering his continuing cancer treatments, the 30-year-old felt like swimming a victory lap. Though Adrian returned to the environment he's most comfortable with, It's going to be a while, he says, before things are back to normal. We're probably not going to until two years from now when I don't have to do MRIs and blood work every, you know, couple months. But this is a huge, 
component of that. Adrian says he wasn't ready to retire from racing, and a shot at competing in the Tokyo Olympics next year isn't out of the question. For NPR News, I'm Greg Eklund in Bloomington, Indiana. Officials at a Portland, Oregon high school are praising two students who informed staff of concerning behavior by another student on Friday. A coach and security guard then found the student armed with a gun and tackled him. They detained the student until police arrived and made an arrest. All students and staff at Park Rose High School are safe. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from Baird. For 100 years, Baird has partnered with individuals, businesses, institutions, and communities working together toward their financial goals. More information is available at Baird100.com and the listeners who support this NPR station. Welcome back to Here and There on WJFF's Radio Chatskill. Spring's been slow to start in the, in the Catskills in northeast Pennsylvania, Delaware River Valley this year, but signs of the season are getting underway. And I thought we'd bring you some of the some ideas on new places to go and things to do today. And with me this morning is Farm Girl, the author of a blog in our listening area. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about where you live and how you came to uh, to settle down there. I have a little accidental farm at the nexus of Sullivan, Ulster, and Delaware counties, and um, came up here in 2008. And are you really a farmer? I'm an accidental farmer, <laughs> meaning I never really thought I would have a farm. We bought a place in 2008, and then all of a sudden I had two beehives and six hens and a little bit later, I got three goats, and then my neighbor brought me a little donkey that needed a home, and he was lonely, so we got another donkey, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to stop there. So what kind of things do you um, find are your personal interests when you go out for something to do? Well, when I'm up here, I'm always outside, and I love that. I love to be physical and outdoors, and, and for the most part, it's difficult to pull me out of the garden or out of the barn. Um, but I'm married to somebody whose heart is connected to his stomach. So uh, we like to explore and find uh, great places to eat. And there are so many amazing little towns around here. And, you know, some towns have just one, one place. And um, most of the time we find that it's amazing. Wow. So how did you get started on, on writing a blog? Well, mostly because as a accidental farmer you make a lot of mistakes um and you know sometimes you get together with friends and they're like oh what did you do today and I was like well you have no idea you know I left uh you know I left the gate loose and the goats got out and they ate my peppers and they you know they headbutt their their my glass doors because they think it's a real goat and you know so crazy things would happen on on my property, and uh, a friend said, you've got to write this down. You've got to start a blog. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I did. So your philosophy is getting lost, is it? It is. I love a country road. Uh, you know, a lot of them look like you just have no idea. There's no sign. You just go down it. And and getting lost and found was really, um, you know, sort of a, a philosophy for me, just the idea that... Um, around the corner, there might be something really amazing to find. So, you know, we just get get started going down. Oh, well, there's this little town down here. And oh, what about this turn? I mean, this is a beautiful road. And so um, you just never know what you're going to find. And I found some really amazing things doing that. Well, one of the places that's just like that is if you're going across the bridge in Calicoon, and then you make a left turn at the far side on the Pennsylvania end and you wander down River Road, you'll end up at uh, Willowist Farms. And as part of Willowist Farms, there is now something called the Farm Arts Collective. And I had a chance to talk to Tanis Kowalczuk about what they're doing there. I'm going to play that interview. We're talking about new places to go and things to do in the WJFF listening area. And I'm talking to Tanis Kowalczuk about Farm Arts Collective. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. And uh, so tell me a little bit about what you have in mind for Farm Arts Collective to be. Well, Farm Arts Collective is a new organization, a new group, and we're here based at Willowisp Organic Farm in Damascus, Pennsylvania. 
about a mile and a half from Calicoon, just over the river. In fact, the river's raging right behind us. <laughs> Another rainy day, and we're talking here at the Farm Arts Collective Greenhouse. Um, on the farm, you might hear, our listeners might hear some raindrops on the, on the greenhouse plastic as we speak. Um, well, this is uh, Farm Arts Collective is something that I'm super excited about having begun. We are really interested in looking for ways that our community and, and ourselves as well can be very creative, very productive, very healthy, and share this this mission with our community. So we're saying that, that Farm Arts Collective is an agricultural center. <laughs> Which I think is really fun, um, and that we're, we're there's like four pillars of investigation and of activity for the company, and that's farming, art with a performing arts focus because that's what what I tend to to do and and make my profession at, as well as food and ecology, and so. What we have is um, a program this year. This is our inaugural year, and we have a program that that. Is a kind of mashup, as one of my one of my colleagues calls it, of all of these things, because I feel like to be able to nourish our community and to have an identity as as a rural community, that these things, art and creativity, as well as sustainable living and the farming, and the practices of renewable, looking for renewable lifestyles, whether it's solar or planting your own food. Um, all of this is really important and it gives us our identity and we need to share these, the, the skills that we have as a community together. And so a lot of workshops um, all year um, focusing on farming and food and ecology. So we've got that going on. The one we have coming up on May 18th is Women Who Horse. So our neighbor here, Jennifer Canfield, is has been uh, keeping horses and working with horses her whole life. She's offering a workshop for anyone who wants to come. You don't have to be a horse farmer. To learn about horses, to learn about the relationship between human and horse, and for her to really... Um, she's a very deep thinker, Jennifer, and so she's going to share her a kind, a kind of um, esoteric thoughts on it as well as a practical experience. So everyone's going to have a chance to go into the pen and to meet the horse. And it's going to be a really, a really deep kind of spiritual and practical re uh, workshop about horses. So you don't have to be a horse farmer. The point of these workshops is that we're bringing farming practices and we're bringing um, a rural lifestyle to everybody who is interested. So when we do the farmers round table, mm -hmm. people who are interested in homesteading, people who are interested in soil management, people who are interested in, in learning more about how a successful farm works are invited. And this is the point that we need to share this knowledge and share this information with our community so we can all learn and, and, and move forward together. What else is coming up? Well, our June 2nd opening ceremony is going to be an amazing event that I'm so excited about. We have um, a farm tour plan. So members of the farm team here at Will-O-Wisp will be giving a farm tour. We're going to open the whole day with um, Chief Gentle Moon from the Lenape Nation of Pennsylvania. He's coming to bless the project to bless um, the intentions and the mission of the of the company, and um, we're just so honored that he is he's going to be here to open our our event that day. We're going to do a performance of one of our shows called Trees. It's about trees, and it's about how trees are connected, and how um, they form a community. And it's a kind of metaphor for our need for community and the need to to assist and help and warn and feed each other. So this is um, a piece that we'll also perform that day. And then there'll be food. Um, I'm going to be trying to get assemble a vast array of pies. So people are going to be getting calls from me asking them to bring a pie to this event on June 2nd. So we'll be raising money as well. Um, yeah. And that's uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday the 2nd, um, starting around 3 o'clock? That's right. And hopefully the, uh, the farm will be well underway in terms of growing season by then. Yeah, I mean, certainly by June 2nd, normally it should be looking pretty nice. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What about later on in the season? 
Um, well, I guess the other theatrical event that we have um, that's going to be a kind of highlight of the season here at the farm is Shakespeare on the farm. So that's another theater-focused event um, where we will do a farm tour. The audience will walk, be led by the, um, the, the, the show's guide, Titania from Midsummer Night's Dream, the Queen of the Fairies, played by me. <laughs> and um, we'll go on a, on a tour of the farm and along the way meet very um, famous characters from the canon of William Shakespeare's wonderful plays, um, Romeo and Juliet, Ophelia, Hamlet, Desdemona. Uh, we have a beautiful song that was written by a comp the composer we work with, Rima Fan, that we just learned the other night, and it's the Willow Song. So it's, we'll also be singing the Willow Song from, <laughs> from Othello, and it's going to have a nice kind of reference to Willow Wisp Organic Farm as well. And um, then we'll be out, out and about in the community as well. Farm Arts Collective is getting involved in pretty much basically every big parade and event that's happening in our community. So you can catch us at the Trout Parade on June 9th, and you can catch us at the 4th of July party at um, Morningside Park in South Fallsburg, the Literary Festival in Narrowsburg, at Hurleyville Art Center. We're going to bring our Shakespeare and perform it on the rails at Hurleyville Art Center in September. So it'll, it'll be like the same kind of walk, and you'll be able to see the performance. Um, yeah, we'll be um, doing some work with the Youth Center in Calicoon. Um, it will be a big season, and we'll finish the season off, too, with more workshops here. So we're going to be doing a walktails evening with the Outside Institute, where we're going to have cocktails from foraged goods that she's going to, that um, Laura Silverman will take us on a walk in the area. And um, we'll have a wonderful cooking class at the Narrowsburg Farmer's Market with Cheryl Perry of Red Barn Studios. And it's going to be walk with a chef through a farmer's market, pick your food, go and cook your food. That's going to be a really special workshop. And, and I know you want me to do a flower arranging <laughs> workshop, Barbara. So we're going to try to fit in that flower arranging workshop. We're going to do it. For people who want to find out more about becoming involved in some of your events. Well, we have a beautiful website, farmartscollective.org. We have Facebook and Instagram. Show up to one of the workshops or show up to one of the performances and, and or drop by. You know, I'm, I'm actually here farming most days. Mm -hmm. So drop by. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tanis Kowalczyk from Fart Marts Collective in Willow Wisp. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Here and There edition of Radio Chatskill, and I'm your host, Barb Demarest, and here with me is Farm Girl. Um, tell me a little bit about what you look for when you go out to, uh, to, to check out a new restaurant or bar in the area. What, what kind of places attract you? Well, um, there are just so many amazing places, and I think one of the most exciting things is that the farms around here are producing some of the best food in the country. And the places that pop up here pop up because they are so excited to be near these amazing farms. And they get to use all of these, whether it's, you know, fresh meat or vegetables or fruits or whatever um, is growing here. Um, so I, I would love to tell you about three different towns and some Please. amazing places yeah. um, that I found. Uh -huh. um, one is in Andes, New York. Right. Um, and an adorable little town if you haven't been there. Um, but down a side alley is a place called Wayside Cider. Hmm. And they make their own cider. Wow. I'm a real cider fan. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> and it has such an amazing American tradition. Um, and all of the wild apple trees around here, they are, you know, they forage for those apples and they, um, they make some really interesting ciders, a lot of different kinds. And it's a beautiful place to sit outside. And while it's not brand new, um, they are opening another wayside, I hear, in Mountain, um, in Mountaindale. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's got a great vibe. It's got a fire pit. And it's even amazing in the winter. And, the, you know, their bartenders can tell you everything about the cider. And it's something where you can really taste the agriculture. Um, That's definitely a place I'll check out. Yes. And they serve these um, awesome boards with oh, meats like, and cheeses. Okay. and Charcuterie sort of things. Exactly. Uh -huh. And um, so I was on a little adventure um, in Bloomville, mm -hmm. which has a great little restaurant called Table on 10. It is actually on Route 10. Okay. And um, she's also been around for a while. But what's interesting, and I find that there are so many uh, amazing connections in this area, 
is that the woman who runs Table on 10 years ago, I think it was like a very late spring, like our spring now. And, you know, you kind of get bored and maybe you get a little creative. And she hosted a cider contest. Hmm. And the folks who started Wayside were number one and number two in that contest. And they met there. And they oh, started wow. Wayside. Oh, wow. That's a great story. So that's really amazing. So anyway, we were eating <clears throat> lunch there and um, talking to Inez, who is the owner and founder of Table on 10. And and she says, oh, well, there's this great little place just seven miles down the road. And so we went there. And um, it's not a restaurant, but it is a homemade charcuterie store. Okay. And um, it's called Selinsky's. So sort of like a smokehouse? Um, well, they have a USDA like facility, yeah. and they're basically creating... The most amazing salamis, and they've got cheeses from local farms. And um, basically, we walked in, and he's like, "Try everything." <laughs> so, Zelinsky's, 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 yes. And what town? It's in Stamford. Okay, right. So not too far from Bloomville. So if you go to Table on Ten, you can head over there and um, and pick up some charcuterie. And what's interesting is that Wayside uses their meats. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah, it all kind of rolls back. (laughs) Absolutely. And another um, winter, um, it was particularly wintry. Uh, We were driving around. I was like, honey, let's head over this way. And we had probably passed through Coshecton maybe 10 times. You know, and there's house after house and rolling hills and what have you. And I was like, no, 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 there's this new place here. He goes, are you sure? <laughs> so we passed by this mobile station, and I was like, wait a minute, I think that was it. He goes, the mobile station? <laughs> I was like, well, let's just go check it out. So we go, you go, you basically drive up over the mobile station, and there's this beautiful, like, you know, country tables with chandeliers. And um, basically, we happened into the very first brunch that Henning's Local uh, hosted. And it was incredible. The food was amazing. We met Henning. He's like six foot six. Uh, he's Real Norwegian. Nor- yeah, Norse, uh, Norse god. He's a Norse god. <laughs> and um, so that's an amazing place. We went back there another time, uh, not only to eat, but also to, to participate in a cheese making class. Yeah, they've started a regular um, uh, you know, selection of of kind of food prep classes of different it's, types. Um, it's great. And now I make my own cheese all the time based on what I learned uh, what I learned there, mm-hmm. which was really incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so the guys that we met there started a bar, basically, a bar with food that Henning is involved in um, called the Keshecton Fire Station, right. which is right down the road. Right. And they have amazing drinks. They have this one drink that's a swizzle that they use some little root from Martinique to blend. And um, and they've got great, really, really delicious food and a secret ladder. So if you go there, you should ask the bartenders to show you the secret ladder. Well, actually, I did go there. And oh. I have uh, I have a tape of, uh, of an interview with one of the owners. Let me play that. I'm at the Koshekton Fire Station and talking to one of the owners. Want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Zeke Miller, one of the owners operators of uh, Koshekton Fire Station. You've been in this location since last summer. So, what brought you to the region? Um, I'd been coming up to uh, Sullivan County for the past 15 years, um, working in the city. I uh, ran restaurants, bars, music venues. And came up here to escape and to did the did the thirty six hour weekend journey for a long time. Reminds me of of my hometown uh, in in Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley. Um, the very first time I drove up here, it got very nostalgic. Um, uh, so I'd been following the area and been a part of the area for for a while, and uh, felt that uh, this style of restaurant was something that uh, that the area could could benefit. How is this place different than the places that you worked in or were part of down in the city? Very different. Uh, first of all, it's mine. Um, I'm no longer under somebody else's thumb. It's, it's, it's a design 
idea of there's just too many rules in, in going out to eat these days where you uh, trying to you, you have to have this with that. It's it's kind of designed to be a, a choose your own adventure. It can be different every time you come in. There's not any 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 rules that go along with it. You you seat yourself. You there's there's not waiters that are hang, hovering over you. Um, you order from the bar when you're ready to eat. You drink when you're ready to drink. Everything's a la carte. Put it together how you see fit. Tell me a little bit about what your food and drink offerings are all about. Drinks we wanted to elevate the uh, the level of drinking or how people drink around here to make it it's it's really easy to drink delicious things it's and that's been made very difficult for a lot of people um, and so trying to make it accessible that everybody can drink well and afford it it doesn't have to be fifteen dollars a cocktail and it can all be with we're, we're, we live in the golden age of spirits uh, there's so much available to us especially in New York that uh, was not available when I got started. There's so many new products that hit the market. Um, we just brought in a brand new uh, Mexican rum. It's never been released before. They've been doing it for for centuries, and you know it's it's now just getting to market. Like it's been discovered. People have known about it, but it's never been bottled and resold in the in the states. And uh, so there's there's new products hitting the market. Uh, just trying to, uh, like I said, elevate the uh, anybody's ability to drink. And if they don't want that, we got everything else too, beer and wine. And but as far as food, um, everything comes out of our wood fired oven, and it's it's all a la carte too. So you're you're you have the freedom to to choose what you how what you want to eat that day. Um, and I I truly think like this is how the majority of Americans want to eat nowadays. Uh, I, I just got tired of going into restaurants and it being a stuffy stuffy situation where you walk down the long dining room and you know then you have to get everything as it's pre uh prescribed and allowing people the freedom to do what they want that atmosphere you described of of seat yourself and go up to the bar and so on i've been here when it kind of feels more like a party going on rather than a than a restaurant (laughs) that's uh that's good i mean that's that is the you know did you feel like you were sitting down at a fancy dinner a formal dinner and staring across from somebody there was there was atmosphere there was and it doesn't always have to be like that like uh sometimes during the day it's it's quite it's quiet but we want that too like where people can come and we have wi-fi use their laptop get some work done in a pleasant environment the building and the decorations are are quite unique do you want to describe those for the listeners sure um so uh my business partner and i uh did all the work um we uh we spent 18 months, seven days a week, working, working very hard. Um, I, uh, our, our heart and souls live here. Um, but, uh, it was, uh, Josiah's the chief design officer on our, on our team. And he, he came up with a great plan and, and we executed it. And, um, it's, it was a, it was an awesome journey just to, 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 to be a part of that process and to, um, to, to build it like it's it, it truly is my restaurant so it's an old fire station so you've got uh, tables in the i guess in the truck bays and then you had to uh redesign the the bar and kitchen area absolutely um the, everything was was completely uh demolished well, and just uh, doing the demolition, and uh, so we, we we just broke it all down and got to bare bones and started with a with a blank structure. And these walls were not original. We put these in um, coming across here. Um, in the engine room, we have dining seating, and then we we built the bar and and the kitchen, uh, basically taking an open space and configuring it to the parameters that we thought fit fit the the space the best. Now, Koshekta is a little tiny um, village, um, just a little bit between south of Calicoon, north of Narrowsburg, on the Delaware River. Um, how, what kind of reception have you gotten from the from the neighbors? Awesome reception. Uh, without our neighbors, we would uh, uh, we, we we wouldn't still be open. They've they've been our biggest supporters, and um, and we love them. Um, PA especially. Um, we're right about a, less than a quarter mile from the river, right off of 97. And that location in the little hamlet of Kashecton, uh, to me was, was ideal because nobody was here. 
Um, it seemed like uh, everybody was staying out of Geshechten and going to the other towns. And to me, that's what drove drove me to it because it was uh, it seemed neglected and was uh, an, an opportunity to give something back to the community. And that's why the firehouse was was important in that aspect too, because this fire station uh, was originally built in 1940, and it had always been the center of this community hub. Um, you know, there was funerals and birthdays and everything else held here. Um, and so to us, it was, uh, bringing the, re- bringing back the, the old fire station and giving it back to the community as a, as a gathering, um, sort of the, the, the central place to, to gather and to celebrate your different events that happen in life. Um, and that's why we didn't change the name. Um, because, uh. That's what it's always been, and uh, nobody cares what I wanted to call it. Um, you know, it's it's always this building has always been the Kishekton Fire Station, and changing that name to me would have been doing a disservice to the community, which was exactly what I was trying to not trying to uh, to be a part of. Was it standing empty for a while? Um, no, there was um, uh, a gentleman that sold his antiques out of here. Um, he actually reopened on 17B in Mueller. It's called Firehouse Antiques. Um, but he, he sold his antiques out of here for a number of years. There's more than just the neighbors coming in, though. How have you gotten the word out to, uh, to a broader customer base? What's amazing up here is word of mouth has been one of our, our biggest advocates, I guess. Um, the neighbors have come and had a good time. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it is a relatively close and, close community with even just different different areas but everybody up here has to travel 15 to 45 minutes no matter where you go and so it's friends talking to friends um we've advertised some in the in the democrat and um and instagram too that's been an amazing uh thing to to watch grow but to me the most uh, i in my opinion the the most important thing has been uh, just the word of mouth and the experience that people have had and they've shared that with their friends i i hope that continues it looks to me like it would be a perfect lunch stop on a on a kayaking trip down the river. Are you going to put in a kayak um, rack outside? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, I I tend to agree with you. Um, I would, uh, yeah, if we get some kayaks coming, we'll we'll certainly do that. <laughs> what else would you like listeners to know about the place? Um, so uh, currently we're we're open from uh, Wednesday through Monday, closed on Tuesdays. But uh, we're open six days a week from 12 noon to 10, 10 p.m. Um, and, uh, yeah. How would, how would somebody find you off 97? Um, coming off of 97, um, we're working on putting in a, a sign. Um, but for the moment, it's, uh, you're, it's the little, it's the turn that kind of takes you down off the edge of the world um, and into, down to the Riverlands. Um, and uh, so in between Calicoon and Narrowsburg, River Access, I guess, is where you'd, where you'd see the signs, too. Is there a website or a Facebook or any of that? Um, website is uh, Um No no Facebook. Uh, we do have Instagram, which is at Keshecton Fire Station. Very good. Well, I've been talking with Zeke Miller, one of the uh, owners of the Keshecton Fire Station. Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. You're listening to WJFF Community Radio for Sullivan County, Northeast Pennsylvania, and the Delaware River Valley. This is Radio Chatskill, and I'm Barb Demarest, and with me this morning is Farm Girl, the uh, author of a blog on life in the Catskills. And um, Farm Girl, you, uh, you, you, you are a beekeeper. I know that um, bartenders like, like Zeke and his partners there at the fire station are using more and more honeys in, uh, in, in, their, um, in their creations. Um, what have you seen in terms of those trends? Well, absolutely. And I, I actually love to go into a bar and order a bee's knees just because, you know, I'm a beekeeper. And sometimes there are really exciting things to celebrate. For example, I had a lot of my hives winter over, which in the Catskills and pretty much anywhere else is cause for celebration. Yeah. So when you ask a bartender for a bee's knees, they kind of get excited because <laughs> it's an old-time cocktail. It's right? gin and lemon juice and a honey syrup. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have good honey syrup, I know. <laughs> um, I have now, I started out with two beehives, and I had never actually been inside a beehive before I got them. 
And then basically the first day that I went inside a beehive, I was like an idiot for weeks. It's all I could talk about. You could ask me a question about anything and I would just talk about bees. It was they're so fascinating. And basically, I don't know, I guess I just got, you know, lit up with the idea of bees and I started to learn more and I got people to help me learn about how to take care of them and I just wanted to share it. And uh, I have a lot of, you know, friends and people I meet, they're like, oh, I, I wanted to, I've always wanted to have bees, but I'm allergic or I'm scared or I don't have the time or what have you. And I kept hearing those stories over and over again. And basically my two hives expanded to 10 and those 10 hives actually aren't mine. They're community hives and people basically, uh, invest in those hives like you do a CSA. Oh, okay. And we call it the CSB, <laughs> <laughs> Community Supported Bees. And the whole group is called Catskill Mountain Honey because it's here in the beautiful Catskill Mountains where they have plenty of incredible flowers to forage and fresh, clean water. And there's a lot going on with bees now and always. You know, beekeepers really know what's happening. Um, and bees are one of those bellwether bugs that just tells you when something's wrong. And um, Yeah, you were telling me that there's, um, and this is a little bit of a departure from our topic, but you were telling me that there's some important legislation that's, that's coming up there, uh, in terms of keeping, keeping bee colonies alive. There is. And just quickly, one of the big threats to bees are pesticides. And there's a particular kind of pesticide called a neonicotinoid. We call them neonics. And they basically have nicotine in them. And oh. so, as you might imagine, nicotine jacks you up. It jacks up the bees. And they can't find their home. They just hmm. fly and fly and fly, and they get confused. And so anyway, um, we are trying to get neonics off the market, um, at least so they can be studied more properly. Um, and legislation was just introduced in Albany. So, um, And there's a bill on the table, and it's called the Birds and the Bees Protection Act. Huh. I mean, how can you argue with that? <laughs> so I've been calling... Uh, assembly members and senators talking about the birds and the bees, which has been fun. Mm -hmm. And I urge everyone to do that. And if you want to find information on who to call, what to say, and how to do it to help uh, bees, which also help our New York State agriculture, which is a big industry, um, if you're in New York, you can go to CatskillMountainHoney.com, and it'll give you all the information you need about bees, about the CSB, and about how to, how to make a difference in Albany. And I promise one call really does make a difference. So that's a way to educate yourself on the, on the issue. Absolutely. Well, interesting. Well, honey is always one of the staples that you find in our general stores around here. Um, have you uh, uh, come upon any general stores that you're particularly fond of? Absolutely. Uh, I think every, t every town needs one, for sure. Um, if you're in Livingston Manor, Main Street Farm is a general store, a cafe. It's got grocery, but it's also got really, you know, really cute little gifts and items that you need. And the other piece about it is it's just a hub. Sure. If you're hanging Community out center. there for <laughs> half an hour or standing in line or getting a sandwich or picking out some produce, you're going to learn what's going on in town. And I think that's really important. They still have the literal bulletin boards. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then in Narrowsburg, they, uh -huh. there's a um, Narrowsburg proper is a really cute general store with a different twist. And, um, you know, I include all kinds of places like this uh, to eat or to go or to shop or to do in Farm Girl's Guide to Getting Lost and Found in the Catskills. And, and one of the little chapters in that guide um, is about ghosts. And I think you can't be around here for a long time and, and not miss some of the places that are gone. And for me, there's a, there was a little general store called The Little Store in Roscoe. Um, and if you've ever been to Roscoe or passed through there, you probably know it. And you probably miss it like I do. I just remember you could get a little plastic cap gun in there or you could get some, you know, great rubber boots or um, just kind of anything you needed or didn't need. And, and, and so I think that all of the general stores around now and, you know, the area is getting pretty hot and there's a lot of stuff popping up. But I think we all owe it to these little ghosts that are here, um, you know, just for paving the way and for holding on for such a long time. Right. 
Well, there's one um, in my neighborhood in in Equinox, Pennsylvania, that um, had been, um, you know, had been closed and recently was reopened. And I had a chance to talk to the lady who's running that. Let me play that. Uh, Bishop, uh, this is Equinox General Store, actually the historic Equinox General Store. Where is it located? 4338 Hancock Highway, uh, Equinox, Pennsylvania. How many miles south of, of Hancock would you say? Oh, it's about 10 miles uh, south of Hancock and 22 miles uh, uh, north of Honesdale. And just on the Pennsylvania side of the Lordsville Bridge? Yes, correct. Yeah, that would be, yes, yeah, that's it. That's correct. And you're in an old building that used to be the post office? Um, yes, uh, the uh, the building was established in uh, 1876 um, and uh, was it's like a centennial. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very historic, yes. You've been open a, a couple of weeks. You opened in uh, early April or late March? Yes, we had uh, three or four soft openings on the weekends just to get some sort of impact on what the uh, community really wanted uh, from us and why we should be here. And what kind of feedback did you get? Incredible. I'm just so happy with it. We've filled the niche uh, that, uh, that's that been uh, so missing here. It's been really overwhelming. I really enjoy the most I do is uh, the going to the farms and picking up the, the cheeses and the eggs and uh, the milk and don't forget the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a restaurant component as well as a grocery and antiques. Well, it's not more, it's, it's more or less, um, uh, bakery goods. Uh, we have egg sandwiches and, uh, we have sandwiches, you know, from, from meats and cheeses and such like that. Yeah. So breakfast and lunch. Yes, that's correct. And how have you chosen the brands of grocery items and, and products that you carry here? You know, just searching there, the farms are all over. You know, they're, we're all, we're all surrounded by farms and it, it just makes so much sense. Um, and instead of going to Manhattan to get some of uh, the pastry goods and, and going to Manhattan to get uh, the cream works or the uh, Calkins Creamery, it makes sense to uh, to bring it all here, bring it in under one roof. What kind of uh, things have your customers asked for that you were kind of surprised and had to go out and find what that might be? I think I've surprised them more, more or less. Um, I think they, uh, they are totally overwhelmed at, uh, you know, the kind of products that we have here. We have a, a, a pastry chef, uh, Debbie, that comes in every Saturday and she whips up a storm. We kind of get it all together and figure out what, uh, what people want and we just keep on building on that. So has it been a weekend crunch so far and then quiet during the week? Uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, we, we have the uh, breakfast crowd that uh, comes in uh, that are all local, and they're very pleased to get their Danish and their uh, pastries and uh, muffins, and, and don't forget the carrot cakes, yes. <laughs> what is it about the carrot cake? I think it's superior. <laughs> I think it's just very well done. She, she adds a lot of nuts and stuff, and being that she is a pastry chef from Philadelphia, she knows how to do it good. So you're carrying some, some meats and cheeses and syrups and honey and things of that kind as well as the ice cream? Um, yes, that's correct. Uh, like I said, I go to the farm um, every week and pick up uh, everything uh, I could uh, that people could use. You recently located here in Equinox, is that right? Yeah, believe it or not, uh, this is this has all been transpired in six months. In six months, I've changed my whole lifestyle. Um, I bought a uh, 1876 uh, Victorian, and uh, uh, I'm loving it. I'm renovating it and such, and. Uh, um, and I'm in walking distance, which is really kind of wonderful uh, to be able to walk to work. I haven't done that since college. So uh, it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's very gratifying. What kind of growth, um, expansion of products, whatever would you, would you like to see over the course of the summer? This is like a test kitchen at this point in time. And we really have to figure out, uh, you know, what the products that people want. Now you had an antique shop previously. How is this um, different than running an antique store? Food sells. <laughs> uh, good food sells, and it's much more gratifying. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there's in the antique business. It, it's you know, uh, can you do? Can you do? You know, what can you? What's the best thing you can do on on, on a, a dining room table or a chair and stuff like that? And I don't have that here. It's uh, I give them the best, and that's that's what uh, that's what counts. And people aren't looking to negotiate on the price of a scone. <laughs> Not yet. And if so, <laughs> really, no, I, I think people leave with smiles on their faces and, uh, and that makes me happy too. You know, I, I get a lot of, uh, compliments, uh, good compliments about, uh, what I've done. So I'm, I'm happy about that. 
you're putting in a lot of hours, I've got to imagine, though, right? <laughs> yeah, like 7.30 to 5, yeah, it, it, it does, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a wake-up call that I have to, uh, to uh, tend to uh, because uh, the coffee has to be made. So I'm here to make it. There you go. Yep. Are you open seven days or do you have a couple closed days? Um, so far, we're basically closed on Tuesdays because I really do want to go out to the farms and pick everything up. Um, I also get to see, you know, like the uh, the vaults of cheeses, uh, Calkins Cheese Works, and uh, and the creameries, and and get to see all the new products that they're going to be introducing to the market. So this is kind of a, a nice supplement, I would say, to the to the farmers markets in the area, wouldn't you? Well, we've already been introduced to uh, some farms in the area that want to have uh, us be part of the farmer's market uh, here um, right in the store. Um, And we're starting out with uh, Mountain Dale Farms. Uh, Lisa basically contributes uh, a lot here, and uh, we'll be growing with that, uh, as well as we'll be also growing with um, um, barbecues and stuff like that outside the store. A barbecue, you know, kind of doing um, doing a barbecue one night a week. Yeah, it will be a Saturday. Every other Saturday, we'll we'll we have a, a smoker here that uh, he uh, he's the master of uh, of uh, meats and and such, and he's introduced uh, that to the store uh, previously, and and we're going to implement that as well. That sounds great. Um, so, is there a Facebook or website um, that you can give folks if they want to take a look and see uh, what you've got to offer? Yes, um, I've taken over uh, publishing the uh, Equinox General Store on Facebook. So is it mostly people just from from the area, the weekenders? Who's your customer? They're all over. (laughs) I've uh, I've, uh, been introduced to uh, people in Connecticut, uh, people in New Jersey, uh, people in, of course, Manhattan and Brooklyn. I've gotten special orders for quiches uh, from Brooklyn, uh, which that's what uh, we're we're trying to keep up with the uh, the demand. Uh, we have a freezer full of uh, of quiches ready to go for people to take with them. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Yuta Bishop, for talking to me about the new Equinox General Store, and and best of luck over the the course of the season. My pleasure. I, I really enjoy doing this, and it uh, it uh, I like to bring smiles to uh, everybody's faces when they come in. Thank you so much. This is Radio Chatskill on WJFF, and we're talking about new places to go and things to do in the area. And with me is Farm Girl. Donna, can you tell me about the new guide that you have coming out? Sure, absolutely. Farm Girl's Guide to Getting Lost and Found in the Catskills has over 200 places to go. Where places, whether it's a place to stay or eat or drink or shop or just uh, something to do. And um, one of the best things to do in the Catskills is to get outside. Um, And you can find trails everywhere. So you can hike. You can even just sit by the river. But just really being a part of nature is so important. And I think that everybody should know about Laura Silverman and the Outside Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, she does walks and talks and trails, and she makes a really mean cocktail. Um, she teaches classes on how to do that. But more than that, you know, she really looks at every single season as something, you know, something new and fresh and something that you should be connected with. So whether you follow her on Instagram or check in at her website, just a really great eye-opener to some of, the, some of the hidden beauties that are here, whether it's right now morals are coming out. Um, and, you know, where to find them and how to cook them. and um, Ramp so, season just having wrapped up. And ramp season, <laughs> which, yes, I've been steeped in ramps. Um, so, you know, that's, that's really important, I think, you know, really just to get outside and to appreciate uh, nature in whatever way um, you're comfortable doing. But there are other pursuits as well. Forestburg Playhouse has a new season. Sure. So getting out and seeing a play. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow I find when I'm here, I have more time for that kind of thing. So. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's it's not that you um, have more to do, but you actually get out and do more. Absolutely. Yeah. And somehow, even with like, you know, being on my farm, I never, I really never want to leave. And Every time I have somewhere to go, I'm like, but the light on the pond is so beautiful. And you just, 
you can't, and then you do, and you're so excited that you did because you find something amazing. Sounds like you're going to be a full-timer before long. I know. <laughs> I know. My heart's here full-time for sure. Um, and uh, I guess part of, you know, my love for this place is just it's something I have to share and I can't help myself. And I think that's how I started my blog and that like turned into this, uh, this guide. And it gives me an excuse to explore more and actually really to talk to people about why they're here and what they're doing. And now I've, um, well, I've put together a map. Tell us about that. I um, am actually, if, if you took away all of the technology, the one piece I would want to keep is the GPS because I, it's really hard to get around if you, you know, I just don't, I don't know which way to go. And, you know, if you're trying to find your way home, you need, I need that. But I also find that the GPS doesn't give you perspective. It doesn't like show you where things are in relation to other things. And so Farm Girl's Guide to Getting Lost and Found in the Catskills has places in Sullivan County, mainly right now, and it's expanding to other counties. Um, but the map is, it features Sullivan County, and it has 180 places on it, again, where to eat and drink and shop and things to do um, and places to stay. And um, there's a checklist, and you can see where things are. Like, oh, if I go down this little road, the next stop will be here. Or, you know, how, what the difference is between Calicoon and Calicoon Center. Uh -huh. Those are important things <laughs> to know about around the here. The towns and the villages. Exactly. There was one time when somebody asked me where, where Delaware was. And I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> the river? No, the town. I don't think there's a t Well, of course, that's the, the name of the town where, where Calicoon is and exactly. so on. Exactly. But that's not kind of what you're, you know, kind of conscious of or, right. or what you're thinking about. Exactly. It can be very confusing. And Farm Girl's Guide really explains all of that, too, because I think it's fascinating, towns and hamlets and villages and which one's bigger than the other. Um, it gives you a lot of the inside scoop, too. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you look out at the beautiful you know, green rolling hills and the, and the fresh, clean water. And, you know, I like to point you to Catskill Mountain Keeper because they're the ones who are really fighting all of the many fights you have to fight to keep a place like this pristine. Absolutely. How does somebody find this guide? So all of that is on xoxofarmgirl.com. Okay. So you, you'll be able to find the guide and actually the blog about the accidental farm is called the pitchfork that's there there's some information about bees it's called the buzz all right well one of the the new things to do that i came across recently was uh, some walking tours in calicoon and i had a chance to kind of get a preview of what that was all all about so let, let's listen to that so we're talking about places to go and things to do and new places and i'm with ramona jan and we are talking about the Calicoon walking tours that she's starting up. Good morning. Good morning. So you're going to be doing walking tours in Calicoon. Tell me a little bit about what you have in mind. Well, the tours will be on Saturday mornings. They're going to start at 1130, last about an hour. And they'll cover about a mile of ground, so wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> and we're going to start, believe it or not, with the Devonian Age, which is prehistoric. And uh, very quickly jump up to the uh, 1700s and up to present time. We'll go through the architecture, different buildings. And uh, I have, as you can see right here on my table, on my kitchen table, I have 60 photographs that I'm going through right now to show people some before and after photos. I have very, a lot of, I have ghost stories, murder stories. I have... Um, just anecdotes, different types of characters uh, who lived here and how they contributed to the uh, society. So a lot of rich history in this little town. How did you get uh, interested in starting up these tours? Actually, it was my daughter's idea because she was studying a geology in college and she decided to do a paper on Calcoon and she started to research the geology of Calcoon. And um, we talked about that, and I got interested in it. And then she said, you know, it would be a good idea to do some kind of a historic tour. And actually, she wanted to do it, and she became very busy. So I said that if she wouldn't mind, I would like to do it, and uh, she didn't. So I took it over, 
and and uh, just began doing a lot more research than what I had just known off the top of my head. So you think there would be information that longtime residents wouldn't be familiar with? I'm finding that the longtime residents, they have a smattering of information, whatever was their interest, basically. So yes, there will be some information that they don't know about, uh, and some that they do, and maybe some that they'll correct me on, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so appropriate for kids as well, families as well as adults? I, I do think that, uh, you know, children of a certain age would be interested. I don't think it's necessary for five-year-olds, but certainly uh, 10, 11, 12-year-olds I think would find it interesting. interesting. There's ghost and murder stories, as I said. <laughs> How long have you been living around here? I was just thinking about that today, uh, about 25 years. In terms of the history, when in doing your research, what was the most surprising thing that you've came across? Uh, well, I one of my teasers online, because we, we have a Facebook page, Calcoon Walking Tours, and also Instagram, the same name, is that how does uh, an indentured slave who is uh, sent over to America in chains on a boat to be imprisoned, end up to own all of Calcoon? Wow, that's a good question. What, what year are we talking about? Well, I'm going to just leave that to find out on the tour. <laughs> find out more here. So you're going to be going out on Saturday mornings throughout the summer, starting with the, your first one on June 1st? That's correct. And uh, if it's pouring rain, uh, there will be an announcement on either the Facebook page or the Instagram to say that it's uh, will be another date. So it's going to be weather permitting. And you can book uh, a special time with, with small groups? Yes, um, Anyone who has uh, five or more people can book uh, a tour. They have a family that's coming in and they want something to do. It doesn't have to be on a, a Saturday or Sunday. It could be during the week. And you're going to be um, leaving from Lower Main Street at 1130. Is that right? We'll be meeting in front of POW, which is spelled P-A-O exclamation point. 25 Lower Main Street. It's one of the new shops uh, in Calcoon. It's centrally located, and that's why I start there. It's so, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to leave from. Yet another thing to do in the, in the listening area. Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. This is WJFF, and it's here and the, here and there edition of Radio Chatskill, and I'm with Farm Girl. Um, Dana, tell me a little bit about the shops and markets that you like. I always like to keep up with you know, hot new stuff that's coming out. But I find that around here, the hot new stuff, hot new stuff is um, art that people are making. And I love, I love to keep up with the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance. Oh yeah, DVAA. Mm -hmm. um, they have, you know, between Riverfest and their art, art in the sixes, those six inch pieces yep. of art or what have you. I'm always finding amazing things there. I went to their holiday market and it, it just whatever season they have something going on this beautiful ring that i'm wearing is melissa eastman mm -hmm. uh, i met her there and she's amazing and creates the most beautiful jewelry i met brian cronk there and he creates this incredible pottery so i really like to keep up with what local artisans are making because it's so unique and has so much heart and soul in it um in Livingston Manor, there's a really cute, pretty new shop called Deer, D-E-A-R. And um, Stephanie's got beautiful clothes and um, and also really cares a lot about natural products and natural beauty. She's actually carrying some honey in her shop. Um, and so she's amazing. Um, my friends, Sean and Chris, at the Farmhouse Project, they renovated an old farmhouse, but they're makers, and they have a maker's market Labor Day weekend. So that's a place where you can just find all the best that the Catskills has to offer. That's fantastic. Well, Dan, I think we're going to have to have you back because there's so much to talk about, and you, you really know parts of the, uh, the listening area that I don't know so well. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'd love to come back. Great. Um, so you've been listening to Radio Chatskill. My guests today have been um, Farm Girl, Tadis Kowalczyk from Farm Arts Collective, um, Zeke Miller from the Koshekton General Store, Yuda Bishop from uh, Equinox General Store, and, and Ramona Jan from the Calicoon Walking Tours. Um, on our June edition of Here and There, we're going to take a journey on the Delaware and Hudson Canal. 
Send us your comments and suggestions to Radio Chatskill at wjffradio.org. I'm Barb Demarest, and thanks for listening. And it's WJFF in Jeffersonville and W233AH in Monticello. Support comes from Red Cottage, Inc., hand-picked vacation rentals located